at SAFM Radio and at Mesh Constant on SAFM. All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. So before we crack into the petrol head, a couple of messages. Someone saying, Bonjour, Michelle Punjadi Siswam. Is this theatre piece coming to Kabecha? That's 1789. Unfortunately, it's not. As Phyllis says, it's a site-specific piece of performance. And if you want to see it, I think you need to get to Johannesburg. Rona says, my second cataract op is due at the Peter Maritzburg Eye Hospital for the impeccable care and professionalism from the ward staff to the medical team, especially a Dr. Harrison. Someone else saying, morning, Michelle. I did my cataract surgery in a hospital under anesthetic. That sounds a bit weird. In 2021, and the medical aid paid 14 thousand rand. My sister had hers done last week in the same hospital, charged 26,000 rand cash. That's Devonair in Durban. That sounds really very expensive. I don't know enough about it, but um, we'll find out more. Mongezi says, hi, Michelle. I check when we talk about checkout conversations, when I'm at checkout points, the first thing I do to break the ice with Itella is to compliment her. Well, it could be a him as well, Mongezi. I always look for something I can use, the hairstyle, etc. When I get a smile, I continue asking how long she's been working at the store. And when I ask, are you happy at work? The answer is 90% of the time, no. That sounds absolutely tragic um, that it is the case. And finally, someone saying, can we have a podcast of last week's interview of Insaki? Um, we will make sure it should have, in fact, gone out over the last week because it usually does go out. So... Nico, our petrol head, he's in the studio. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Well, even better since you brought us all coffee. I think you even gave a coffee to Phyllis, which was yes. incredibly generous of you. I mean, I always make enough because there's no way I, I'm going to arrive here without coffee. Did so. you make this coffee? Yes, of course. Oh, of course. it's very good. It's home, brew, home it brewed. It's home brewed. Yes, yes. Home machined. But anyway, yes, it's nice to be back and it's lovely to be back in the studio with you. So. Oh, ek is baie gelig in jou heerting. Ach, dankie. So, so Nico. Yes. Um, I, I thought about the fact that I had to choose you a song. You didn't have to, you wanted no, to. No, I did have to. Really? Did you feel the pressure no, now? I, I the pressure. And the pressure will be on for you next week again. Why? So, just because we can. <laughs> so, this is the song that I've chosen for you. So that's a band called Cake, and uh, the track is The Distance. So, Nico, I've never you, heard that before. That, it's fabulous. Thank but you. Are you the guy on the racetrack just going the distance? For sure. For sure. I, exactly. I am dreaming about going. The, it's been a while yeah. since I've been on a racetrack, but yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's a fabulous place to be. So, that's that would be my happy place. Everybody's got a happy place, yeah. and being on the racetrack would be oh. nerve wracking, but very happy. Talking about that just quickly. So, if you watch this, you won't see it on TV this weekend, but there's a new racing driver on the grid in Formula One. Ooh. They've got their own pit and it's a guy by the name of Brad Pitt. So no, no so what's, <laughs> what's I'm not name? sure how I feel about this. No, really Brad Pitt. So they're making a new um, movie. The the producers of Top Gun are making a Formula One movie. And um, Lewis Hamilton is the part of one of the producers. So they're trying to make this as realistic as possible. So what they've got is they've got a pit. They've got people looking very busy, running up and down. Brad Pitt looking like, I don't know what racing drivers look like, but he looks like one. Etten uh, Senna. Yeah, there Whoa. you go. No, yeah, no you, please, you can't say Brad Pitt and Etten Senna. This is just 
got no, not the same sentence, but he's pretending to be a racing driver. So they they're filming um, uh, in between, and they're filming with the Formula One happening to make this as realistic as possible. And they have, have cameras on the cars. So um, I don't know how long it'll be, but this weekend at Silverstone they're starting to film. So I'm not sure how I still feel about this, but there will be a Formula One movie like Top Gun in the next. I guess how long does it take so to make two years? Is Brad Pitt gonna like? Is he he's like a, racing? Yeah, so he's now this old racing driver that was sort of okay in Formula One and then left, and now he's coming back, and you know, it's, um, he battles to how get do in you the know car. All this? I, this is my industry, so it's like you know, with arts, and I always go, how do you know about what's happening and about the small <laughs> details? It it boggles my mind, and this is what I've got to do is I've got to find out about these things all the time. So I, I read about it actually only last night read about this but they they at Silverstone now and they'll be you so you might see something a little bit of them somewhere if you're Why watching the Formula they just One. have used Lewis Hamilton as, I suppose cause he would because he would be able to play himself yeah no but he's also fairly busy and it's so you know why <laughs> they're doing this yeah it's Hollywood so they the Liberty Media which is the group that runs Formula One are also trying to get more into the American market so you can imagine Top Gun after Top Gun there were a lot of young guys wanting to be fighter pilots so yeah. if you what if you've got a drive to survive has already done this a lot and if you now have a series or a movie more people will probably watch Formula 1 in the US why because they're all watching NASCAR uh, exactly so they're trying you to get you never thought I'd be able to say that impressive impressive yes. <laughs> <laughs> you always impress me <laughs> Okay, well, you have to impress me next week because now that we've started this um, musical challenge, mm. and I know you love your music, so I think this is great. Now that we've started the musical challenge, um, next week, mm -hmm. my challenge to you is, um, and then next week you can challenge me back. Okay. Right? But my challenge to you is to find the best cover, one of the best covers, because covers are... <sighs> you so, have, I've got yeah. some amazing covers. Okay, mm. I'll work on it, and next week, that's challenge accepted. Okay. Good. Challenge accepted. Sure. So we got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Let's just go to the question quickly. Hello. Uh, hello, uh, Michelle. <laughs> this is me, Man on Top, here in Teben. I want to find out to these old school cars, uh, the metal they used to be made out of. Why nowadays cars are so... Uh, I won't say weak, but they are so, they break down easy, they are fragile, if I may put it that way, and they don't last, whereas old school cars, your 60s, your 70s, old school V8s, they still push through today, what was the recipe, then and now, me, man on top, please ask that man for me, thank you. Okay, so man on top, better man on top than man of war, I suppose. But there we go. I mean, Nico, it is kind of true. I mean, what's the recipe? Th there's Two a few eggs and a little bit of flour. Exactly, and, and, and some uh, um, sugar. Uh, it depends. So when you're saying the cars are weak, is he talking about the bodies and what they look like in an accident? Or is he talking about the engines running for a long time? So there's, All of it. Well, there's lots of parts. So this can be, I'll, I'll try and do this short, which I always battle with. Um, so um, normally, if you look at the body of a car, um, the old cars seem very strong. Um, and the outside, you know, if you look at the doors, the doors were heavy. And if you try and let's take a car from the 1950s, if you kick the, the outside of the door, you won't make a dent on the door. So the cars seem quite strong. If you look at a new car, if I kick hard on the side of my car, my 
my foot will dent the whole outside. Um, mm. So, but cars are made, if you look at the safety, um, to actually absorb all the energy in an accident. So there's actually a very good clip. You can search for it on, on YouTube. Um, Chevrolet Bel Air 1959 versus Chevrolet Malibu 2009. So it's a crash test done in America. So they've got this old car from 59 versus a car from 2009. And, and even though you think the old cars are quite strong, when these two cars crash, it's shocking how strong, how, how soft that, that car is actually. So even though the outside panels are quite heavy, structurally the materials used and the crumple zones aren't there. So you'll see how well that new car does versus the old car. Um, you can do the same thing, and there's, a, there's another one that's Corolla, um, uh, 1997, 1997 Corolla versus 2015 Corolla. That just use, and both those clips show you the difference in the, the crash safety of those cars. So even though the old cars seem, because they're heavy, but the materials were not used in a safe and, and a good way of safety. So manufacturers said, you know what, I don't have to make the door that heavy, but I'll have bars inside the door. So if you kick the door hard, you'll dent it, but the, the door structurally is quite strong. The same with the car. The, the panels are soft because they make the car light. The old cars were heavy because you had big chunks of metal and chrome. So the cars seemed strong on the outside, but actually structurally they weren't very strong. Um, then if you're looking at engines, that's an interesting one. Um, manufacturers obviously want newer technology, so they are always pushing new technology. And at certain stages, especially at the start of new technology, it's not that reliable if you think of turbos. Um, so there were turbo cars in the 70s and 80s um, and 90s, and some of them were okay. And initially, some of them were really just the turbos weren't reliable. Uh, if you're looking at a turbo car now, um, you're gonna. There's not a lot of manufacturers that still don't have turbo cars. So a lot of cars nowadays really? are small engines with turbos. Your car's a turbo. Um, your cars, you know, everybody gets a turbo. But the, there are some still some manufacturers that don't use turbos. Um, so some manufacturers, if you take the manufacturers, also there's a different philosophy. And I was talking to, you know, why I say that I was talking to a, a colleague of mine, and he works on the technical side. So he works at, um, uh, you know, the cars and does technical training on how the engine work and them physically taking them apart and fixing problems and he was talking about um, the Germans they push technology so mm. they like the technology and they always want to have the latest technology um, as an example and he used this example the the Japanese for instance wouldn't necessarily have the latest technology but they go on reliability and that's their big focus they say this doesn't if it's not broken why fix it yeah so you might find in certain cars they push technology so maybe the cars are more powerful and more efficient other manufacturers say well we don't have that stuff but our cars are more reliable but hmm. um so i'm not sure I, I i do believe if you're buying a modern car if you do service it and look after it um it can last you a long time yeah. but certain cars have certain technologies you know so like a, a new technological let's say twin clutch gearbox as an example if you have a twin clutch gearbox they're good at fuel consumption they very efficient but certain of them um, they might not last long I would be hesitant to buy a car that's got 250,000 kilometers with a twin clutch gearbox that's never been opened where if you take a manual or a conventional automatic those things are quite reliable so a conventional automatic robs some engine power so the yeah. cars aren't as fast but it's more reliable but I know instances of modern cars that can last a long time but also the downside, you know, so this, this conversation can go on for a long time. If you have a, a newer technology car, when you're servicing or if something goes wrong, it's going to cost you more because it has high-pressure injectors and things like that. All right, so that was a long answer. I hope I, I, hope yeah. I answered it. <laughs> okay, another question for you. Hello, Sister Michelle. Uh, uh, the petrol head. Uh, 
Uh, I would love to buy a, a Ford Custom, the old one, the Ford Custom. And then uh, I would like to know from uh, a petrol head there if it is a good idea to have that car, to have that buggy. Thank you. Um, you know, if the if you're buying anything that's older, if it's not a new car, um, you've got to always look at the condition of the car and look at where you can get, buy parts. So if you're buying a Ford, that's always good because there's a lot of dealers and, and the parts should be available. Um, uh, look at the condition of the car. Uh, you know, in any car, ideally, my ideal would be it's had a service history or it's had one owner and that person's looked after it very well. But if you have an older car, normally they're easier to fix. There's less things that can go wrong. It's more basic. So there's some truth in the the fact that it's a, if it's an older basic car, it can last you a long time. I mean, remember a while back we spoke a guy in the Suzubaki, yeah, and he had more than right, a million, million cars. Yeah, um, and I know somebody that's got a Mitsubishi Pajero. It's a I think it's a 2011. Um, just somebody, my cousin's. Uh, wives, husbands, <laughs> nephews, niece. But anyway, this guy's got a car that's 500,000 kilometers on, on a Mitsubishi Pajero. So even, and it's a 2011, I think. Even modern cars last if you look after them. So, yeah. Someone did uh, make a note here saying lightweight composite materials reduce. This is lucky in Pretoria. Um, lightweight composite materials reduce weight, reduce fuel consumption, reduce carbon emissions, and reduce pedestrian damage in an accident. Wow, look at Lucky. I mean, that's exactly, I mean, well said. Um, that's another thing is if you're looking at carbon fiber or, you know, expensive materials, they make the car lighter because if you have to, if your engine has to carry a heavy weight, then it means your fuel consumption is, is mm. more, your emissions is, your emissions are more. So those are all factors that, that, that add to the performance um, or add to other things of a car as well. So, Nika, I want to just drop a quick question in for you. So I was listening to a radio documentary a few nights ago, and um, it was all about how when you talk about um, going you know, into electric cars and why are we doing that, and it's all about green energy and going green and supporting the world. But what they've actually discovered is that in order to have an electric car, you need to have lithium. And then in order to have lithium, it's a fossil fuel or whatever exactly it is, and you need to mine it, etc. So they were talking about whether or not cars and electric cars in the green world were in fact more green or less green. How would you respond to sure, that? Sure, that's a, that's a um, rabbit hole. I've, got a, I've got a great question for you afterwards, which will be much easier. Probably. Okay, thank you. Thanks for that rabbit hole. <laughs> So it feels like this is a no-win situation um, because if you look at electric cars, while that thing's moving, it's, there's no emissions from it. Mm. Uh, and, and, but then you can say, okay, so it's using electricity. How did we generate electricity? If you're using coal, it's not so clean. Mm. If you're a Norwegian, you're using a lot of hydroelectricity, so that's clean electricity. Um, then you look at the materials inside the car and you say, okay, but what are the metals inside the battery? And mm. there lies a rub because if it's lithium, um, lithium is, is a very scarce material and it's mined only in a few countries. So if you look at the processes to get the battery where it is, then the processes for the battery isn't actually all that great. Mm. So, um, so in other words, you want to play this off against saying, okay, now what about exhaust emissions? So if you're looking at fossil fuels, then there's mm. emissions from the exhausts. So it feels to me a little bit like there's no win. It's a no-win situation um, with either way because both of them have up, you know, positives and, and negatives at the end of the day. But what happened with car manufacturers, they were pushed in the battery direction because they were measured with exhaust 
emissions. So they were measured with what emissions so comes out of the exhaust. it's not a holistic measurement, actually. No, exactly. So all it says, okay, listen, emissions, so the CO2 out of the exhaust isn't great, so bring that down. And it became so tough that they had to go the battery route. Now, when you're going the battery route, your emissions um, are not, you know, there's, not, there's no emissions from the exhaust, but then the materials that go into the battery. So, um, you know, there's definitely, there's a very good article that I read a while back I think it was the New York Times that spoke exactly about this, um, about how green are those batteries. And a lot of, there's a lot of problematic things in batteries and the materials that go into them. So the manufacturers, I think, are also uh, aware of that. But with an electric car, if the battery doesn't give you enough range, then nobody will want to buy the car. So the fight for electric cars is now how good is the range and how quickly can I put the energy into the battery. I think we should um, try and get someone to talk about that further. It's brilliant. Um, someone says, uh, oh, Patrick in KwaZulu-Natal says, my 1983 Alpha GTV has 315,000 kilometers on the clock and counting. I keep the servicing and general maintenance going and I hold thumbs. <laughs> I mean, I hold finger, hold cross, cross. What is this emoji again? Is it? I can't see from here. It's, it's crossing, it's crossing my, and I cross my finger, and I cross my fingers. I cross my fingers. So he's crossing his fingers. He's not just hmm. holding thumbs. We could be holding thumbs as well, but like. So yeah. there, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have done more than 500,000 kilometers in their cars. So you know, I, I think I I sound like a broken record, and I say this all the time. As, as long as you're looking after the car and it's being serviced all the time, and you're not skipping services, and it gets good oil all the time, then it can last you a long time. But things are going to break along the way. Car is not like red wine. It does not get better with age. It gets worse. Um, <laughs> so you're going to have to pay for things. So eventually the alternator will go. Eventually the clutch is going to go. Um, but if you don't drive it, that's not great. Because when it's stationary, it's like your body. If you're just sitting in a chair the whole day and you don't exercise, then the thing doesn't move as well. So your body moves better when you exercise. And the same with the car. If it's just standing in the garage and driving now and then, then it doesn't work as well as when it's driving all the time because all the bits have to move, all the rubbers have to move a little bit. Um, you just so, shouldn't drive it too much. No, there's no, I don't think there's too much. If you're driving the car, as long as you are not idling it to warm it up and when the car's warm um, and all the fluid's in the right place, the least amount of wear and tear is on the highway at 120. And the most amount of wear and tear is that cold start and driving. Mm. You can drive as, as much as you want as long as you look after it. That's my feeling. So I'm going to hold my question for a moment and I'm mm -hmm. going to go to another question for you. And it is as follows. Is, is that a voice message that you guys oh it's a voice message for you let's um let's go for it oh no they can't they can't get to it so i'm going to go to the other two questions instead so first one is driving potholes mm -hmm. in wet weather what should one do yeah, the, the thing is with potholes, they're hidden. And it's interesting because the moment I think of that question, mm. I think about that. So what happens images. If, if you're oh. watching the road, what happens if the car goes through pothole, you'll see the water splashing up in the air. Mm. So that's the only way. If there's a lot of rain and a lot of water, the speed is the first thing that you've got to slow down. Mm. If, it's, you know, if it's a road you know, at least you know, okay, there's probably a pothole there. Uh, but if it's a road you don't know, what, when cars go through the water, you can see the water splashing up. And that's, and that's, and that's probably the sign to say. Um, but otherwise, if it hasn't been a lot of water yeah. uh, or a lot of rain and you're driving, you'll see these little puddles. 
that would hide a pothole. And, and sometimes it's a difficult one with a pothole because you want to miss the pothole. But the worst you can do is just hit the side of the pothole where it cuts the, cuts the side hole. You almost want to say aim hit for the middle, on. hit it head on so that you hit it with the tread part of the tire because that's got more, Good. the tread is stronger. The sidewall is very, is very, is very thin. But ideally, um, look ahead and, and and try and look for those things. And you're driving, and you see, listen, there's a lot of these puddles where I'm driving. That those are probably potholes. There's no cars. Let me just go a little bit more to the right so that I try and miss these things completely. That's what I would do. Do you, is it is it worthwhile just driving very slowly through a pothole? No, the thing is. Yes, at 5 k's an hour, I guess. But now we're driving on the highway at 60. Even at 60, when you hit a pothole, some of those things are quite deep, Michelle. And yeah. when they're quite deep, you can actually damage the suspension. I mean, when I drive to my parents in Cla- to, to Klagstorp, uh, a lot of the time there's one on the way to Fentersdorp. There's sometimes some horrible potholes. Literally, I think if I go through there, it'll break my suspension. Okay. So uh, they fix. Luckily, they fix it, but the potholes come back all the time. So you've, you want to miss it. That's, that's first prize always. Okay, question for you. Mm-hmm. Hi, Michelle and uh, Nico, Joanne from Cape Town. Those videos on YouTube of the crashes really um, excellent. Uh, both the Chev and the Corolla I watched, and um, yeah, really eye-opening. Great stuff. Thanks. Thanks. I'll reply. I'll repeat again. It's a if you're looking, they're easy to find in 1990, 1959 Chevrolet Bel Air versus 2009 Chevrolet Malibu. And 1997 Corolla versus 2015 Corolla, and those are just so. The first one is a major difference um, in in time. The new one seems closer because it you know 1997 versus 2015, but there's still a major difference in in safety. And those things are scary to watch, but you know they they are eye openers as to the safety of a newer car and also why you should just simply wear a seatbelt. And we won't say anything more because then it'll be a spoiler alert. Yeah, so people, watch them. Like if you're going to watch the movie, yeah. So you know what I use? Why I know that? off heart because I use them in training because in training when I'm busy with you know we, and we talk about all types of things and one of the mm. subjects would be safety and yeah. airbags and then I would say to the class okay so guys let's imagine I take an old car which one would you want to be in and which one's going to be look, look after the which one will look better after the accident so I use them all the time and everybody has that opinion and a lot of people pick the old car because they seem stronger and after this video you know you're surprised mm. at the results yeah. Which takes me, I suppose, to my question, which was about a video I watched around, um, you know, like those party buses, like the red bus, and yes. the people are all on top, and there's thousands mm-hmm. of people. I know you're scrunching your eyes. And they did a test with a whole bunch of crash test dummies, like a party bus. So thousands of people on the dummies on the top. Hundreds of Hund- Well, few. Maybe a yeah, cu- not couple thousands. Of, maybe a couple <laughs> of dozen on the top and on the bottom. Yes. And then they, they smacked into a bollard. And they did it at at one kilometer, five kilometers, 20 kilometers, Mm. 80 kilometers. And each time you see how far these crash test dummies, actually, they don't Mm -hmm. just like fly. They like literally somersault and how more and more and more of them do that. Um, Have you ever seen that video? I've not seen it. I've seen another one. Actually, it was quite a few. I I can't remember if it was in the 1980s. Ford did a test where they had cars rolling with Mm. dummies without belts. So they rolled cars Mm. uh, and simply, um, and I think there was also a head-on one to see what, uh, you know, what happens to these dummies. And that's quite scary. To be honest, even YouTube has videos like that. And I use that in training as well. If you search car rolling, no seatbelt. And they have people flying out of cars and I use that to scare people 
into seat belts. So I, th- that's sort of my scare mm. tactic to say, listen, this could be you. So wear your belt because that's your best safety thing. So that's why, I, I, you know, I'm going, you, you can see my face, but mm. it, I can just imagine that even at 30 k's an hour, if you have an accident in a party bus, you can really get seriously hurt because there's nothing, you know, if, if, I, if I have a cannon and I shoot you at 30 k's an hour, that's quite fast. And mm. now there's, you know, all types of things that are loose. So that is a scary, scary thought. I haven't seen it, but it's definitely scary. It's so that's why you should be wearing a belt in a moving thing. And I guess a party bus, the point is that you're dancing and partying. you're not wearing a belt. That's you're the not, problem. That's you're, the thing. Like but you're on the second level. It's open. Yeah, even any level, not wearing a belt is, to me, a scary thought. So you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't go into a party I've been, bus. <laughs> I've been on a party bus and it's a lot of fun. But I think we were, um, the bus was driving. I was always the fool with a belt on while the bus was moving. And then we stopped and partied. Um, but I mean, it's because the bus is moving, you're climbing in and out and mm. you're moving around. And there's still a lot of buses and a lot of taxis. People are driving every day and mm. they don't have belts to, to protect themselves. Mm. Um, so it's a very scary thought. Briefly, the difference between hitting a bollard, say, at two kilometers and, say, 120 so, kilometers. Uh, so um, describe that. Um, okay. So now the problem is um, my math is going to, you know, as you increase the speed, it's four times the force. Um, I, somebody will help me out. V, v, speed, um, that's the speed in the mass times <laughs> squared. So as the speed increases, the forces become a lot more. So in your in-cap, the crash speed is uh, 56 k's an hour, and the dummy weighs 75 kilograms, and I think it's 30 tons. Um, so 30, t- uh, 30 g's, 30 times the body weight mm. at, uh, on a dead stop at 56 k's an hour. So if you're doing 60 k's an hour, there's a lot of force um, and a lot of momentum. So yeah, it's a really scary thought. So Brian Mabai says the old car has more damage after a collision because of Newton's law in physics. Mm, yeah, Newton, exactly. Newton's laws you can never overcome. So if you've got a lot of mass, um, you know, there's a lot of energy, and then the cars are made to try and absorb some of that energy. And the, if the better the car absorbs it, the better for the people inside. So that's about it, Nico, in the studio mm-hmm. today. Um, um, two things. One, you will uh, your turn to bring the song next week. Uh, so what? yeah, I've already got uh, yeah, I've got a playlist and there's some amazing covers. So I've already actually got one in mind. Don't but tell us. No, what I won't. Is. No, no, I won't. Otherwise, if the works, then I've you know, mm. then you'll say no, use another one. So I will. I've already got a nice song in mind. So that's mine, and I'll start okay. thinking of your task. Okay, that's fine. And then my closing is: I would suggest that when you go out, mm. you just sh- you know the face you showed me when you, th- when, you th- <laughs> when you no wait 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 when you thought of that bollard hit at the, the yes. and your, your face scrunched yeah. up all like oh yeah. in pain. Indasha's going to take a photo no. and then she's going to tweet that no, picture. No, no, and that'll be stuck for li- you know for the rest of my life. So there's no <laughs> way I'm forget it. <laughs> it's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning. <laughs>